This is Expat State of Mind with Tip and Tom. Hey, this is Tom. Hey, this is Tip. And you're listening to Expat State of Mind. This is episode 10, the 10th episode, Tip. How, Woo! Uh, how are you doing? Didn't think we'd get here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, how many episodes will we make it through? Well, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the first, uh, the first 10 so far, or the first nine so far? Hmm. I think the first nine have been very informative. And um, I think going forward, um, we'll probably have more experiences from uh, other people. And we could potentially branch out from just um, Australia and uh, New Zealand and, you know, US, UK and start going into other countries. And I've got a friend who just moved to uh, South Korea. And, you know, we still have friends all over the world. I can envision us um, talking to people who are living in different places so that people get a more well-rounded, um, I guess, perspective from the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, because I think we've obviously given a very uh, Australian-centric view so far. Yeah. But oh. not that there's anything wrong with that, because, you know, there are people who are at this very moment trying to move to Australia or New Zealand. So, um, you know based on what happens in the next couple of months yeah, with the election. Enough, yeah, and, uh, and COVID. Yeah, it's like always around election time. I do remember 2016, you know, people say it, that, you know, people are like, all right, they'll message me like, so how do I move to Australia? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? What makes you want to move? And like, I'm just sick of this election or I'm sick of this politics and this and that or whatever. And so it's, you know, nothing different this year. People are still a bit fed up. And uh, I think people realize last go around, it's actually quite hard to get into Canada. Um, so it's actually easier to try to come out here. And so, you know, our experiences and what we talked about for uh, in regards to Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, are helpful uh, for people. And like I said before, in previous episodes, some of this stuff is kind of like general anyway. Um, you know, you got to set up a bank account wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I imagine a lot of things that go wrong, they've gone wrong for us, probably go wrong in every country. You can, yeah, and, you, you know, things that to. people miss and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think over the you know, over the course of the, the last nine episodes, we've had the odd message and the odd question. And I know we've answered some of these directly, um, but we sort of saved, saved them up. And once we got to a, a good number, we'd sort of run through a few of them on here. Um, so the 10th episode seemed like a good eye. A good time to do that um so i've yeah i've got a few here i think you've got a few saved up yes over there um so um see so yeah, i thought we'd just work through some of these and yeah we can <laughs> you say over there like i'm across the room <laughs> <laughs> you're not like right next to me um <laughs> uh, so i mean one that i've had a few times so i thought we'd kick off with it and i think it's one that people think immediately and you've just touched on it there as well um, money is, yeah kidding. was it was it expensive to move yeah how much money will i need um i've been asked that a few times you know directly and as part of doing this podcast so i know that's one that's come up a lot um and probably more than you well, probably less than you initially worry about but more more than you probably bring would be my answer because i think when i started thinking about it i thought i was going to need to save up loads and loads of money and as it got closer and closer, and I realised I didn't have it. I thought I'm just going to have to make do. Um, I thought I'd have enough, and I thought I had more than enough to sort of get by and do a bit of travelling. But really, I had sort of just enough to get here, get a place, and get by until you know, until I found a job right. pretty, pretty swiftly. 
Um, hmm. I think we touched on it in one of the previous episodes. Is it was just when you're on your when you're on your own own and there's nobody <laughs> else there. There's you, things just become that little bit more expensive because you're not you can't you know like say you go around and make a dinner or anything like that. Every meal is coming out of your pocket and um, yeah. So what would you say to was it expensive to move? I mean, I yeah. guess compared to maybe moving within your own country, I guess that would be a good. Well, it's funny that you that this is a question because um, I think we were talking about this yesterday, and I said um, people in the uh, one of the groups for Americans um, in Australia, uh, someone posted, and it always gets posted like, "Hey, I just got this working holiday visa, and it says that you need to have five thousand oh, yeah. dollars in the bank AUD." You know, how strict are they with this? Do I have to show my bank statements? And everyone in the group's like, they never check. And then, <laughs> I hope they're not listening to this. Like, oh, we got to start checking. Um, but because, you know, you go through the e-gate and um, that's how, how you do like your I mean, customs I, and immigration. When I came, I didn't go through an e-gate, but I still. Well, still back then, e-gate didn't, didn't exist. You, yeah, so they still didn't ask me to open my bank. They details. did. Um, and I think uh, it's not something that is, it's almost like it's suggested, kind of recommended. Um, but uh I don't think anyone's actually checking. However, if you're one of those people like, oh, I'm going to risk it and only come with 2,500, uh, you'll see that 2,500 go very quickly and then you realize, yeah, oh, this is why the they said have $5,000. And I mean, I think if you move into a big city, so if you move into, um, I'm just going to pick a random city, Stockholm uh, versus somewhere uh, in Colombia, um, something you know, smaller city in Colombia or Mexico or something, you're probably going to need to bring a lot more money. I feel like um, your money can go further uh, when you move to a smaller place. Um, but if you move to Sydney, uh, you need to bring quite a bit of money um, to start. Yeah. Not to say that you can't get by with less, because I sh- surely did. Um, and I think it also depends on your lifestyle. Some people, when they come and they say, oh, I'm just going to do like the work and holiday visa. And maybe they want to do one, two, three years. I think they tend to come with less money because they just envision themselves kind of traveling around, doing some work and traveling a bit more mm. instead of actually having roots and, you know, paying paying rent, mo- yeah, paying yeah. rent and Having things like overheads. that. Yeah, and yeah. I think what you mentioned as well, I think it's definitely with exchange rates. You just want to keep an eye on sort of places you might be thinking of moving to because um, they can vary quite a lot. When I came here when I was a t- in my teens, uh, on holiday um, and you could get three dollars to the pound at that point um, and then by the time I moved out here it was 1.4 1.5 yeah um, so it really yeah and the prices here hadn't changed which is why it seems so expensive now because yeah they're, they're the dollar had got so much stronger so in traveling I mean, traveling with the pound has always been pretty good to be honest if you're coming from the UK you usually get a pretty pretty good bang for your buck um, but obviously over the years that is getting tighter and tighter especially with their your Brexit coming up, um, so I'm sure that that will probably affect things. But yeah, you you definitely just need to think about what you're going to do because you need to look at rent. We mentioned on the last episode that rent is what you know four weeks plus two weeks if you're going to be taking a, a permanent place yeah. somewhere. Um, so that's rent's that just higher outlay. here than a lot of places. Yeah, yes, it yes it is, yes it is. Let's um, not forget food. I think that's one of the most expensive things here. It's just eating. It is if you eat as much as you do. This is true, but also like. Even if you, so if you're not someone who likes to cook and you, you know, eat out a lot. And I think when people move to a new place, you want to explore. You want to try this restaurant. You want to go to that cafe. And, you know, food is a lot more expensive here 
when you're eating out and you want to meet new people. So maybe you're going out for drinks and well, you know, a cocktail is easily $20 at least, you know, well, I'll say I'll give it a range 18 to 22 um, for mm. a cocktail and a beer, maybe eight and a half or eight and a half, eight dollars and 50 cent to 10 or $11. Yeah. Um, so those are things that you kind of have to factor in, especially if you're coming from a place where beers could be two for $5 or something like that. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. I think that is actually the the funniest thing since moving here is whenever anyone has come out to visit me is watching them when they get the first round in and they come back and you <laughs> see the look on their face and I can't believe I've just paid that much for four beers. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's always amusing because uh, this is not expecting it. Like I say, when, it, when I left the UK, you could just about get four pints for 10 quid and you come out here and you're lucky if you get a schooner for yeah, eight eight nine dollars in some places especially if you go to any like touristy places in the city um so yeah that was a bit of a shock uh do you what other questions have we got what, what well, let's you got see what, what i got in here um doo, 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 doo. i'm trying to pick something a bit more light-hearted oh this one's cool um so what was the best advice you received before moving abroad and i guess this mm. only applies if we did receive any advice before we moved abroad I'm sure I yeah, definitely would have had some words of wisdom. I'm trying to think if any of them stuck out or if any of them have become um, overly useful. Well, I think yourself. I remember people in the community, specifically people who knew my grandmother and knew how hard she like rallied for me um, to, you know, make it through high school, go to university and, you know, she was probably my number one supporter in regards to going um overseas. Um, as well as like some of my extended family, especially like my uncle Gerald, um, he I remember before I even had that idea of like going overseas when I was um, studying, he was like, "You need to be going overseas," and um, I just remember him saying that all the time because he did a lot of work overseas and traveled quite a bit, and um, you know some of the things, some of the advice I received from people would be like, you know, never forget where you came from, and you know you're going to be great and successful um, no matter what you do. And a lot of people just kind of expressed how proud they were. And even though that's not advice, so to speak, it was like I kind of left with my head kind of like held high. And I just, I felt like people were supporting me. So even though I was going to be in um, a new country by myself, I still had, you know, a community of people who cared and wanted me to do good Mm. things and wanted me to enjoy myself and have fun. Um, And I think uh, I did get advice from like um, the uh, study abroad coordinator and some of my professors just saying, you know, uh, keep your head down in the books and, you know, make good grades and uh, make us proud kind of thing. Because, you know, obviously I was representing my university as well. And um, yeah, that was some of the advice that I got from from the university okay I mean, i'm trying to think of mine i think mine i've got one that maybe not quite fit in the rules but it was just after i got here um and it was yeah we've already covered i, I came out here with someone and we, we broke up fairly quickly uh, i think at that point i was keen that i wanted to move home i think the best advice i had was, was actually from my dad who just said you know give it a go you're not going to get this opportunity again to you know have this experience living abroad um if you don't like it in a few more months then yeah, then then if you don't like it, you've given it a crack and you can come home. Um, and then obviously a month or two into that, I was pretty certain I was going to stay uh, at least for a, you know a couple of years. So 
Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, because there can be difficulties as we've touched on a few times. Um, and I think, yeah, advice that I've been given and would pass on is that, you know, remember that you're there, there's good times to come and, you know, say, take, take the opportunity that you've got. It's not always going to present itself again. Yeah. I would say. And it's very true. Um, when I do see people uh, who are here and they're struggling, um, maybe adjusting, um, especially if you came here during COVID, I met someone who moved mm. here right before COVID and they've spent most of their time indoors <laughs> and, yeah. you know, not meeting people. So that can kind of make you feel some type of way if, um, one, you're going through a pandemic, two, you're away from your family and friends, three, you're not meeting new people and you're staying indoors and there's nothing to do. Um, it, that can really weigh on someone. And I would, you know, I think good advice at a time like that is to say, you know, just kind of stick through it. You know, it's hard and um, everybody's going through something. Uh, at, you know, you're not alone in this. No, yeah, yeah. everyone's in. That's something I have to remind myself not too long ago is that, you know, you're feeling this way and it's not wild or, you know, it, it's everyone's experiencing something right now. You are definitely not going through this alone. And, um, if someone is trying to move abroad during the pandemic because, you know, they're experiencing some of these same things, but in their home state, in their city or whatever, um, I think this is a, a good time to use it as motivation to make that dream of that someone has of moving abroad, you know, come yeah. to fruition. Good time to get some planning done. Yeah. Some research. Maybe, some research. Maybe listen to some more episodes of. I was going to say podcast. that, you know, <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, take yeah. some notes yeah and one of the questions I had which sort of leads on with this one um, is you know, ha have you ever thought about moving home so yeah, I touched on it there I obviously did you know, not long after I arrived um, and since then it's not something I've seriously considered but I think you do sometimes it does just cross your mind um, like, is it something that you've ever seriously considered since you've been here well, this or since is, you've settled say this is also another funny uh, not a funny question, but it's just funny that this question came up because I just mentioned to you earlier today, I think, about how, or maybe it was yesterday, about how I thought about moving to Panama. Mm. And um, I think sometimes this can happen as well. You move abroad and you, you know, spend some time in a country, maybe a year or two or so, you know, a few more. And then you're like, where should I go next? Yeah. And I've had that thought come up before. Oh, it's definitely. like, you know, well, I've lived here. Where else can I live? Yeah. And you just... I don't know. It's you know how people say they get the travel bug. It's almost maybe like you get the moving abroad yeah, bug, yeah. and you want to move to a different place, and almost kind of go through it all over again. Like I know what's to come if I decide to move to another country. You know, gotta find, gotta start that bank account up, gotta yeah. um, find where to live, again. make yeah. some friends. You know, do the things that job. you will exactly. And so I do. I don't get the urge to move back home. But sometimes I do feel like, you know, hmm, I wonder if I could move there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I probably have that thought, oh, certainly in the first few years before I really settled down here. I think that seemed more likely to me than moving home. Um, I think once I'd moved away, um, yeah, the most appealing thing seemed either to stay here or say to try something new or somewhere new. Um, and yeah, there was a time I was considering moving out to, to New York for a while um, when they eased their visas. On, uh, on recruiters for a small small period of time and then um, you know that didn't that didn't come to fruition but yeah like I say I think you um, once you've done it once and it's successful and you you realize the 
I guess the the good parts of of living abroad and what you can experience. You kind of think, I wonder if I could do that somewhere else. Yeah, and it's almost like something in you that's kind of like almost like pushing it a little bit. Like you know, oh, you remember that excitement you felt when you moved to um to Sydney? You know, it'll be exciting to move to Paris or wherever. And I think there's a satisfaction as well once you do feel like you've kind of established a life here of thinking, you know, I've come out here and you know, made something. There was nothing for me here and now I've got X, Y. You know, I've got friends and a job and everything else. Um, so I think you can take a certain amount of satisfaction from just doing that. Um, and you may be thinking, oh, if I do it somewhere else, you know, look at me. Yeah, exactly. And I have a friend who's kind of like done that. She... Um, came here and I forgot what brought her here. I think it was a relationship. I think she was like a chef or something on a cruise ship or something. Um, her name's Laura. So if she's listening, she'll know I'm talking about her and then she can correct me. Um, but that relationship ended. She ended up staying here, getting permanent residency, becoming a citizen. Now she has an Aussie passport and she's American uh, from Illinois, I think. And because she had an Aussie passport, that opened her up to some of the visas that Aussies can get to work, oh, similar yeah. to like working holiday or whatever, but can get to work in Europe. And so then she moved to Europe, and I believe she's lived in Spain, and she lived in um, the Netherlands. And that kind of, she, I took some inspiration from her, um, you know, that potentially if I were to decide to do the same thing, you know, get Aussie citizenship and then try to uh, move somewhere else with that passport. Um, and I just thought that was such a good idea if I was younger, um, that would have been like an awesome plan mm. and in a way to then, you know, get to experience living in different countries. Yeah, that, and that's one of the re- regrets that maybe doesn't get spoken about as much is maybe that pe- a lot of people wish they'd maybe done it sooner. Um, yeah, that know, was actually one of the questions that I had. So maybe we should answer that. Like things that we regret about moving abroad. Yeah. Just I, in general. Yeah, so yeah. I, th- I think... Um, well, that's yeah, something that I've been asked, and I think the answer I've always given is that I, s- I settled very quickly uh, into Sydney when I got here. Um, and I think in hindsight, I wish I'd done a bit more uh, traveling around, seen other parts of Australia, and maybe maybe would have settled somewhere else rather than, than Sydney. Where do you um, think you would have settled if you didn't settle um, in Sydney? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I got a real soft spot for Brisbane. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time up there and re- enjoyed the vast majority of that time. Uh, I think it's just got it's just. It's just got a nice vibe around the city and it's a lot good, warmer good size. It's in uh, Brisbane. Yeah, I think to Brisbane actually, it, Brisbane for me when I first got there um, was kind of how I expected everywhere in Australia to be. I you think know, it's that's kind very of, common for most people. It's kind of how here. Australia is sold on the tin. Like everything you think about Australia is is Queensland, um, and it's uh, yeah. So I good think and I bad. Quite, yeah, yeah, if so, you think yeah, about sharks and crocodiles and stuff. Sure. You yeah, definitely. Is, if you're outside the city, but yeah, Brisbane, I really like. Um, yeah, real good event city as well. You know, sporting and things like that. So um, yeah, I think I really like that. And then I know we went to Adelaide last year, which is the first time I'd been there. No, that was um, this year. COVID this just year makes it feel. Yeah, 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 we went right before COVID. It was, yeah. <sighs> it seems like years ago. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, even that was really. I thought Adelaide was really um, quite charming. Um, I don't know if I'd move there just yet. But yeah, I think it's a place I you go when you get older. But yeah, definitely had a real charm to it. Um, yeah, m- my brother came out to Sydney, thought he was going to move back to the UK, uh, then went out to see some friends in Melbourne and ended up staying there because he really liked Melbourne compared to Sydney. Um, yeah, I think you know my dad was out here, he was the same, he didn't really take to Sydney, but yeah, he could see himself living in Melbourne. Um, he's back in the UK now. 
they're um yeah though that, that's sort of my 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 regrets is that maybe i didn't do enough of that um what about yourself regrets about moving abroad um this is something that maybe it's not quite a regret but it's something i had wish i'd done more of however i don't think it's something that people should harp on too much and that's um keeping in touch with uh friends and when you move overseas um i think yeah and i think sometimes people can try really hard but over time that people move on they move their lives don't stop just because you left and gone overseas so you, you can't really be hard on yourself when you're not as close with some people as you once were um but maybe like i could have probably tried a bit harder um although i think uh with the time difference, yeah, you know, I was trying to do what I could, but then once you start doing stuff, you meet people, you're going out and stuff. It's really hard to, to then you know have a night out and come home like, all right, everyone back home's up. Let me go talk to you yeah. and my friends and, and I think on the flip side, they do get a bit tired of hearing about you know what you're doing and what's going on in Australia, especially if, uh, you know, not much is happening back in your hometown or you know wherever you were living before then. Um, another thing, um, I don't know. I don't really have any regrets because I think a lot of what's happened happened for a reason. And um, but I when I first moved here the second time, I mean not when I first moved here. When I moved here the second time, uh, I left in April two thousand fourteen, and for a little bit of time, like probably the rest of that year, I was like, did I leave at the right time? Should I have waited until summertime in in Chicago? and then have come here mm. um, because I did miss out on a lot. I miss out on Lollapalooza. My favorite band was like headlining. And I um, I remember my friend Takara, shout out to Takara. Um, she was uh, saying, you know, how about you just wait and wait until after the summertime and then move to Australia. Why do you have to go now? And um, for a while, I especially when that came around and everyone was posting their pics and, you know, on the gram, like, oh, you know, I I really experienced a lot of FOMO then and thinking, like, I should have waited. But I think everything kind of fell into the place the way that it did, that if I had waited, um, a lot of things wouldn't have happened either at all or the way that they did or, you know, in the yeah. order that they did. So, you know, th- that was like a, a small regret that I ended up not regretting after all. Yeah, I mean, I, similarly, I moved out here just before we had the Olympics in London. And oh, yeah, that's I right. I being out here and just watching it thinking, oh, Probably could have put that back for a couple of months just to. I'm surprised you did it. See, <laughs> see AJ pick up his gold medal. Um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's at any time you leave, there's going to be something around the corner. You think, oh, I'm going to miss that now. Yeah. Oh, it's this person's birthday. Oh, this is coming up. Oh, this music festival's there. And next thing you know, you push it back six months if you do that. Yeah, there's always something to. Um, You're going to miss stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let me see if I, what other question I have. Um, All right, while you, why don't you search for another question? We'll okay. take a quick break and then we'll come back um, and answer the rest. Cool. Oh, I can start. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you for listening to Expat State of Mind. If you're enjoying what you hear, like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. And remember, if there's anything you want to hear on the podcast, hit us up at at Expert State of Mind on Instagram or 
expatstateofmind at gmail.com. And we're back. We are back. You were looking for uh, the next question for us to be on earth. Anything I was, interesting? I did. I found something. Okay. This is like a kind of a fun one. It's what is one thing you wouldn't be able to live without, with, live without abroad? Does that make sense? Is that right? What is one thing you wouldn't be able to live without? Yeah. Um, I think sport. I think watching watching sport from from home, so watching the football and the boxing from the UK, um, I think I feel like I, it keeps a, a little bit of a connection um, to home. And a li- yeah, that would be the one thing I think I'd really struggle without. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that because if you, you know, you watch your highlights in the morning and sometimes try to catch a full game. Yeah, but they, well, when they're timing at the moment with the clocks the way they are, it's actually not too bad to catch a game the first half of the season. It's, it's, it's all right. You can get a little nine o'clock game in. It's only when the clocks change and you're, yeah, you're back to watching things in the morning and no options. But it's better than nothing. And, um, and then yeah, it still gives you, you can still get involved in some of the banter in the group chats and things with, with people back home. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good um, a good connection to home. That's that's good to keep up. Uh, what what about so what what couldn't you live without? I'm sure. Um, so yeah, um, I think, and this is uh, something that a lot of people are trying to cut back on. Um, and when I see people say, you know, I I've got to take a break from this. You know, I spend too much time on this. Um, I think to myself, well, it's really all I have as far as a connection to people outside of Australia, Sydney, mm. and that's, you know, social media. Um, although I try not to spend too much time on it and I try not to, um, you know, not read too much into things, but just make it into more than what it is. Um, I think without things like Facebook and to a certain extent, Instagram, um, I, I don't think I'd be able to, to live here without having that connection because that's the way I talk to my family, friends, um, because of the Facebook messenger has the video function. I can, you know, call and actually see friends and family face to face and true. You can have WhatsApp and, uh, what is it called? House party and stuff like that. Even though I think house party is dead now. Um, I, without Facebook and, um, it kind of keeps me informed about what's happening back in my hometown. And sadly when people pass away, and just so much it's mm. like almost like a a little lifeline to the states and that's beyond what they want you to think, no? that's true <laughs> and but i just don't see if i didn't have that yeah um you know it would be even harder to try to stay oh, connected yeah. You know? and um yeah i speak to people you know of my parents generation who have moved you know even my parents moving from scotland to england uh, with technology the way it was back then you know you were limited to phone calls which weren't as cheap as they are now um, and otherwise, you know, you'd, you'd be traveling to see people. You couldn't have video calls and things like that. Um, you know, and if you emigrated somewhere like Australia from the UK, you're literally just getting, you know, stuff in the mail. Get every a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you know, back then, if you were to move away as we have, you were really moving away. Um, you know, yeah. People didn't get updates from you unless you were back. So it's, you're really connected now. And I think it made it a lot easier to first get over here. Um, but then, yeah, like I say, you, you, you can spend a lot of time just yeah, on those channels and not enjoying where you are. Yeah, true. Or playing Diner Dash. Tom, we don't have to tell people what I do in my free time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right. Um, so one question that I've been asked, and I think this has definitely been aimed at me a few times because um, <laughs> I was going to say not. someone sent that, and they're like, "This is for you, Tom." This is definitely for me. Um, how did you get used to the climate? Um, yeah, oh I, yeah, that's definitely for you. I, I, <laughs> I have struggled in in British summers with the heat. Um, so people often questioned why I was coming to one of the hottest places on earth. Um, but uh, I struggled, definitely, definitely struggled in my first couple of summers. And you know, no matter how much sun cream you put on, the sun out here will burn you if it wants to. So I had a you know a few run-ins with the sun in my first few summers. Uh, but you do eventually climatize, and now I think I'm. Uh, yeah, if anything, I find it cold here in the winters, yeah. which I'm almost ashamed to admit, because <laughs> uh, it's yeah, I just never ever thought I'd say I was cold here. But um, yeah, in fact, that's one of the things that surprised me um, is how cold it can get in the winters here. Uh, I just anticipated always wearing shorts from the minute I arrived. <laughs> well, I knew someone told me beforehand. They're like, think of a SoCal winter, and I was like, hmm. I've got it in my head. I know what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, that was a uh, yeah, real, real shock to me. Still haven't bought a coat, though. You don't have a coat, do you? Um, like a winter coat? I don't coat. have like a winter coat, no. I mean, I've got some jackets. Yeah, um, that's all you really need. I mean, I do see lots of people with winter coats and gloves on, but I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it can I mean my hands It depends where it's... I think if maybe you're out by the mountains, it might get a bit chillier. Yeah, or if you're further south in here. Melbourne's got, mm. you know, totally different weather or, to us. Or Adelaide. Oh yeah, no. Remember, Canberra, they say sorry. Adelaide doesn't. Canberra, get, sorry. Yeah, Canberra. Canberra. Adelaide was, apparently uh, doesn't get that cold. Yeah, that's that's one of the big appeals, I think. Yeah, no. That when mild we were talking to someone, who like some mm. random person who was talking, the Uber dry driver. Dry as well, nice dry climate. Yeah. Good for um, you. What was the question? Oh, climate. Oh, how did you get? Used yeah, to how did you get used to climate? Did you struggle when you came out with the heat? And you're, you're kind of yeah. used to the extreme hots and colds. Yeah, like I've lived places where it gets quite hot, so. I don't think that was ever a struggle, but I will say uh, when it would get over, like significantly over 100 degrees, so in the late 30s, even into the 40s, that I wouldn't necessarily want to be outside, you know. I remember the first, I think it was my first summer here or my second summer here, there was a day that got up to 43 or 44. I don't know, recently we've we've tipped that, Um, but it was, I've just never experienced it, and it felt like, trying to explain it to people back in the UK just how hot it felt um yeah when you walk behind a bus and you get that kind of heat from the <laughs> exhaust it felt like that everywhere <laughs> it was just insane uh, so you do have to be prepared for some of those days yeah. I, was, I was wearing a suit that day oh yeah you did you told me about that well I had a moment I think this was not last year the year before um or maybe even 2017 it was 44 degrees that day and I was like yeah beach weather I'm gonna go to the <laughs> beach and I made it all the way to the beach. I went to Bondi this time. And yeah, it was just How's way... I didn't even make it to the sand. <laughs> I got out there and I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like yeah. I got off the bus and I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. And I'm looking at everyone on the beach. The water just looked like a human soup. Just yeah. like so many people in the water. So many people just lying on the beach. And I was like, how are they lying on the beach? Yeah. I was like, I can't even stand here. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right. it's the, uh, the heat of the sand sometimes here. It does... It will burn your feet. My mind. And then I'll be there, yeah, like tiptoeing and sprinting to get to the water to cool my feet down. And then you'll see Aussies just walking around like, like it's nothing. <laughs> it's just like the, the ground is 50 degrees. Yeah. Um, it can get. For those who don't warm. know what 44 degrees is, and if you use Fahrenheit, it's 111. I just Googled. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm. 
Oh, you got, you got anything else? What's, yeah. what's the okay, next let one? Let me see. Let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, what has been uh, the biggest lesson that you've learned? Cool. Um, I think that, yeah, there's always something new around the corner. Keep your head up. Um, like, as we've documented, we both had some challenges. And, um, yeah, I think things have always picked up and there's always something new. And the fact that you've come out here to start something new means you can always build and rebuild if you need to. Um, so I think I've learned that. Um, and also I think that, you know, moving just is a, a really sort of eye-opening and um, you kind of have to mature quite a lot, I think, if you're moving to a country where you're completely on your own. Um, so there's plenty of small lessons in there um, that you sort of pick up along the way in terms of just sort of managing your, I guess, your own life. Mm. What about yourself? What's the biggest lesson for you? Hmm. I think one of the biggest lessons is um, that you are who you are wherever you are, if that makes sense. So I think sometimes people um, move to a new place, not even just like a new country, just a new city, and try to almost reinvent mm. yourself uh, or themselves, uh, whereas you are who you are, no matter where you are. And that was something, the reason why that was a lesson for me is because when I came here, I had it in my mind that people had these stereotypes about Americans and maybe go even another level, stereotypes about black Americans. And so I didn't want, like, I guess I took it upon myself that it was like my mission to like dispel these stereotypes um, and sort of being true to myself. And I don't know if we even mentioned this on the, this uh, podcast before, maybe tiny, tiny bit about code switching. And um, so I was doing a whole lot of that. And I still have done a lot of that, like in the workplace and when going to social events where I know there won't be a lot of black people there or minorities. And um, I feel like I need to be a certain way. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still the same. I'm, a, I'm who I am. And at some point I had to realize it was like, you know, people are going to have to take me, you know, how I am. And um, just because people might have these preconceived notions that Americans are this and loud and that and whatever, um, like that, that has nothing to do with me. I don't have to like go around and prove people wrong. And, mm. um, you know, I could just be tip. And, you know, if they somehow come to some sort of conclusion like that about Americans after meeting me, then it is what it is. And, you know, I don't care. Uh, but that I would say is probably one of the biggest because um, I wouldn't say I came out here trying to reinvent myself um, because, you know, social media still exists. You People, you can try to be some new person, but I mean, the people you grew up with and used to hang out with and or live with back in wherever you came from, they still know who you are. So you won't get really far. Mm. You won't get that far trying to be someone totally brand new. Um, uh, what's another lesson? That's very true. I tried to shake off a uh, high school nickname when I went to university, and uh, the, the minute someone from my school came up, it was the game over. It was back to back to having it. Well, I'm trying to think if a uh, another lesson, and I think this one's more um, to do with race. Um, I don't know. I think I had an idea in my head that Australia was kind of like a um, not a utopia 
but and this is something I think other people think about other parts of the world is that you know it won't be as bad as it is in the states you know racism I can go here and get away from racism uh, and that's not the case racism is everywhere um, and it's, it's definitely here in Australia and uh, that's a lesson that I had to learn is just you know just because you know something's not happening to me doesn't mean that it's not happening someone isn't experiencing um, some racism and um, kind of like get it out of my head that it's like it, it's not a utopia here things aren't perfect we've got our issues and not just race related issues we've got issues with you know all sorts of things mm. um and just i don't know it was very humbling i guess to come here and realize oh wait you know this annoys me that bothers me or whatever it's still enjoying having fun but you know something might pop up and be like oh that's a bit annoying um or i don't like that and yeah that was just a, a another lesson i had to learn Mm. Well, it's good to know, and I think if you are you know, moving into a country, it's good to you know take an interest in what's going on there and understand the I guess the local politics and culture and things like that. It's, it's important to to sort of you know, integrate in that kind of way, I think. And you know, if it's going to be where you where you call home for however long, then you know you want to have your say in it as well, I guess. Um, so it's always worth um, I guess you know knowing what's happening in there. Uh, in and around the community and the country that you've moved to. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? Um, I've, I've got a couple of things written here that maybe not so much questions, but things that have been said to me and uh, wanted to, you know, I guess sort of not bring address them, but yeah, just bring them up. Um, so one is that you know, people often say, um, oh, you know, yeah, but you're really lucky because you're, you know, you're living in Australia um, or you get to live in Australia. I've heard that. Um and um, yeah, I didn't like win a competition to come out here. It was yeah, you know, a decision. Just did it, yeah. Um, and I think that's what I've said to people. And you know, I've had people that have said it to me. And that's been my response. And then they've thought, oh, all right, I'll give that a crack. And I've had people, friends move out here. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's nothing really holding you back, um, unless the yeah, maybe maybe there is. But um, yeah, for a lot of people, it's just I think in their mind that oh, I couldn't do that because yeah, they don't they can't put a reason to the end of that sentence. But they just start off with not thinking they just can't do it i think i probably would have fallen into that category as well at one point just thinking it seemed like a distant dream to move to australia um do you can you kind of understand that mm-hmm. uh, and, and you you said you've been told that as well. well what's what's your response when you get told that um i think it depends on the context uh as far as you know we're going through covid as far as covid when someone tells me i'm lucky to be in australia i do agree well, that's, yes yeah, i am yeah. lucky to be here and not in the states because the the rate is out of control there. Or the UK. Yeah, exactly. So I do feel lucky in that regard. Um, when uh, the protests and riots were going on, um, like maybe that was a point where maybe I didn't feel as lucky because maybe I would want to be out there and support my friends, but then lucky that you know I'm away from gun violence. Mm. Um, so it just goes like it depends on what we're talking about. When I think about gun violence specifically, I do feel lucky to be here and not have to, um, you know, feel like I got to watch my back all the time. Like I used to live in Chicago. It's, it's no secret. It is, you know, dangerous. And uh, I felt quite paranoid while I was living there, especially walking around by myself at night. Um, and someone might be like, well, how would you do that? Well, I work shift work and I'd be getting off work at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, you know, there's a walk to the train station, a walk from the train and, or the bus, whatever. Um so it wasn't like, you know, I, 
I would put myself in situations like that. That's just, you know, that's what I had to do when I lived there. Um, whereas when people are like, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about it being a utopia, people would be like, oh, you're lucky that you live there. And I'm like, oh, that, that part I don't really see as luck. Um, obviously, I made a conscious decision to move here. And I did, I put a bit of legwork in to actually get here. Um, and I don't think I'm any more lucky than anyone else. Uh, I just, you know, did what I needed to do to make it happen. And anyone else can do that. However, sometimes there are things that are, I guess you'd call roadblocks. Um, financially, uh, maybe you have, you know, your family depending on you to take care of like elderly mm. relatives, or you might have children and you obviously share children with someone else who may not actually want to go overseas. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you might not be together, but you can't just go up and either A, leave your kids or B, take your kids. So I do understand well, the visa people have those might things. not be there from Yeah, exactly. And, that um, so. But yeah, but I don't think I've, I think when we've been told, it's often been from people from yeah. For me, it's been people from the UK who obviously can go through the similar pathways that that me and other people have gone down. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of the time, uh, yeah. Does, I mean, I think if if anyone ever does ask anyone else about it, I think it's it's worth encouraging them to do it because it's a, it's a great experience and it's worth um it's worth doing. Yeah. If you Honestly. are under 30 listening to this, and I only say that because a, some visa restri- um, restrictions yeah, or cutoffs is like 30, 31, 32, which is unfortunate because, you know, people in their 30s and 40s and so forth and so on want to move overseas. But um, I think in your 20s, if you're in your 20s and you're even thinking about it, um, you know, it just do it really. Um, yeah. You That'd know, try my... to save up the money that you can and um, and, and make it happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I've got, I've got one more. Um, okay. What have you got? Anything else that you? Yeah, but you I'll let you tell you your yeah. question. Um, so another thing that I get told a lot um, is, oh, it must just feel like you're on holiday all the time. Um, <laughs> and uh. and it, and uh, one thing that definitely happened for me, and I've spoken to a lot of people, and they said the same thing: is when you first move here. That is how it feels. Because you don't have um, a job. No, I did have a job, though, but I, it still felt like I was on holiday to me. So, like, every day when I finish work, I'd be like, sun's out, should go for a beer. And then... That's because you yeah, moved on to summer. After about... <laughs> yeah, but I think after, yeah, maybe about 16, 18 months, I was kind of thinking, I actually live here. I'm not... I'm not on holiday. I can't... I shouldn't be just, like, going out for... Yeah, I don't think when you're on holiday, you just want to go out and eat out and drink out all the time and... Um, I was just kind of living that kind of lifestyle and then, um, you know, kind of realizing, I was like, this is not sustainable and I'm actually living here. I'm not on holiday, Mm -hmm. even though this is a place that I would come on holiday from the UK. I'm not actually on holiday. And it took a while to sort of snap out of that. And I see that happen with a lot of people. Um, And I think a lot of people don't snap out of it. Um, Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people probably into their 40s now who are still kind of living that holiday lifestyle um, out here. Did you um did you ever experience that yourself? I think it can feel like a holiday if you live somewhere like in the Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast or whatever. I imagine, and that was why the Sunshine Coast was one of my options when I was moving back to Sydney um, or back to Australia was because I thought it was a bit more, way more laid back, you know, on the beach, just a totally different type of lifestyle. I, if I moved there, I probably would feel like I was on holiday all the time. But in Sydney, I don't feel like I'm on holiday. I feel like I'm on holiday when I go on a holiday. Uh, but from the day to day, and even when I moved here the second mm. time, and I wasn't working for uh, like almost two months, 
that maybe felt like a holiday just because I didn't have, like, I had no routine, no schedule. I wake up, I'm like, what do I want to do today? Mm. And I go out and explore. But once I got a job, that was when, and even when I was, you know, meeting up with people and going out for drinks or whatever, it still didn't feel like a holiday because I had responsibilities. I have to pay my rent. I have to Mm. work. You know, I'm sitting in traffic to get to XYZ place, trying to make this train, whatever. Um, so when people, if someone does say that, I'm like, I mean, yeah, maybe because it looks nice when you go yeah, to the beach. Yeah, I think or maybe because I have always lived close to the beach as well. Um, that certainly plays into it, maybe feeling more holiday esque. Um, I think maybe if I was living closer to the city, then uh, maybe less so. Um, certainly when I was living in Manny and I used to get the ferry home. Uh, that definitely played a part in me feeling like I was still on holiday because uh, just getting a boat back from work where you could see dolphins and whales off the side of it was mm. um, <laughs> that was something that I could only conceive happened on holiday um, not on the way, not on the commute uh, the daily commute to work so um, yeah that was uh, that's something that I got told and yeah I think it's something that I've spoken to a lot of people about that have said the same thing it's you kind of find it hard to snap out of that holiday mode Mm. Uh, which is obviously good fun, um, but not necessarily uh, conducive to the most productive yeah. working environment. Um, or, or health. This question um, is kind of a fun one. And um, it just says, uh, what do you think about the food there? What do you like? Like, how is the food there? Uh, the, f- the fruit and veg is ginormous. You think so? Yeah, when yeah, the size of everything here, apart from potatoes, which are tiny, um, everything else is huge out here. Um, I think like maybe compared to the, to the UK, states, definitely. it's probably like yeah, well, the same. That's, yeah, not surprising. But I would say, uh, as food goes, I remember uh, my first month here, I was eating Thai food like every day. Mm, yeah, and I think food's a lot fresher here. I think. Than it is than what than I felt I felt it was in the UK when I moved here. That was one of the things I noticed. Um, that uh, well, we, yeah. Well, I mean, and the Thai, there is a lot of Thai food, particularly in yeah. you know, particularly in I don't know if it's like that the rest of Australia, but Sydney is just jam packed. I lived in Newtown for a little while in the city, and there was every pretty much every more than every other restaurant was a Thai restaurant, and some of them had two restaurants on the same street. Yeah, that's and true it, about Newtown actually. It's crazy, but it um, is good. I think my I've excuse me, my palate became more diverse um, because I had not eaten Thai food before I came here. I had not eaten Indian food, had not mm. um, eaten Malaysian or Indonesian, so forth and so on. Uh, so while I was missing that, that good old soul food or, mm. you know, traditional Mexican or even Tex-Mex um, style food um, or Cajun, I came here and, you know, broadened my palate in different ways and um so yeah. i think when it comes to like um other like ethnicities or just other nationalities um dishes and cuisine um it tends to be like very really good like you can get some really yeah, good food I mean, of any cuisine here like i fell in love with I, I liked korean food when i was in the states um specifically after living in chicago but then i came here and just like fell in love with it so many korean barbecue places um and but when it comes to like Aussie cuisine, that I, is like hit or miss to me. Like I could take it or leave it. Yeah, um, and I don't think I think we had this conversation recently with someone. We couldn't really narrow down what would be Aussie cuisine. 
Yeah. Well, you said the chicken oh, parmi. The, the chicken parmi, yeah. That, that's probably the most Aussie, Aussie dish I could think of. So I reckon Kiwis would say fish and chips belongs to them. But then wouldn't English oh, say fish we and would, chips yeah, I think the Brits would claim fish and chips for sure. No one's stealing that. I think the only thing that those two fight about is Marmite and Vegemite. Pavlova. Vegemite, isn't it? Who did Vegemite? And Pavlova. That's like who cre- invaded, invented Pavlova first. Oh, I would have thought that came Kiwis out of Europe as well. I yeah. thought it was just because of the name, but apparently it's a you know a duel I mean, between I'm, the I two have, countries. I'm no Pavlovan historian, so I'm not. You know, I wouldn't want to plant my flag in it. Um, yeah. But but yeah, definitely fish and chips. There's no way they can claim that. Um, yeah, I mean, I found that the um, the I was so used to eating Chinese and Indian food all the time in the UK, which was so good, and it has changed a bit recently. But for a while, it was it was hard to get really good Indian food here. Uh, but the um, that does seem to have changed in the last few years. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for quality, you can't really beat the, the Thai food here. So it's just hard to get a bad one here, isn't it? Yeah, um, I don't really rate the Chinese food here, mm, but that's I think true. this is very different in the states. Yeah, it's, it's a very different menu, I think, from the UK as well. Um, and yeah, so I, I've definitely not eaten as much of that, but uh, increased on the the Thai food definitely to to make up for that, and then sort of Indonesian food as well, which uh, <laughs> was lovely. Oh yeah. Oh. I'm just in love with Indonesian food now. All right, I got one more question, and let's end on a good one. Yeah, well, it is a good one. It's a fun, it's another fun one, and I say fun one because it's like nothing too serious. Um, but it's just what's like your favorite part of Sydney or Australia? Ooh. And it, I don't think it necessarily means like location, but kind of like what's your favorite maybe thing to do, or what do you like the most about where you live in, or. I'll put you I on think, the spot. Yeah, no, I think um, one of the best things about living in Sydney is every now and again you'll sort of, you know, drive in or walk in or wherever you are, you sort of turn around the corner and you'll just be greeted with like some incredible views. Um, that yeah, is true. Either, you know, you either be driving in or out of Sydney or you could just, you could be anywhere and just randomly you just get this unbelievable view of the water or, um, you know, the beach or anything really. Um, and I think that's something that you can't, just because it, it's just an, it gives you a nice little vibe um, whenever you get it, so I think that's a really nice thing just to just to have. Um, and also, I think for me, um, one of the main attractions to moving here was to to be by the beach and not that I go down there that much, but just knowing that it's there, um, it just <laughs> feels good. I always talk about people who live near the beach but don't go to the beach that much. Mm. I mean, summer's coming, so maybe that will change. I mean, that will be one of the few things you can do in. Um, during this time if they don't put like heavy restrictions or whatever yeah um, just because more crossed, people will yeah. be likely to go to the beach in the summer this uh-huh. is true this is true what about you what uh, what's your favorite part of australia or sydney what is it um you have my whole answer to think of something there. yeah i know but i was like paying attention you know to <laughs> your answer i wasn't trying to do one of those things where, like you listen to someone speak but in the back of your mind you're actually thinking about what you want to say what was that uh-huh. Oh, here you go. <laughs> um, what my favorite part about Australia? Um, hmm. Well, you know, I'm partial to the inner west. Um, I do re- really like that area, even though you know, oh, well, there are bays. There are there is water. I used to live near water. Um, Big water. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about that area that I can go for a walk in the inner west and just. If I'm having a stressed out day or if I'm uh, feeling down or I go for a walk and um, 
I don't know, you just feel like it lifts your spirits. And uh, Annandale is one of my favorite, favorite suburbs. And just going through there. And there's so many parks in Annandale. And Sydney's a very walkable city. And maybe that's what I actually like about Sydney. Is that you can walk realistically anywhere. Um, yes, it may, if you're going somewhere far, it would take quite a while. But, you know, you could do it. Mm. Um, oh, that just reminds me, though. One of the best things about both Brisbane and Adelaide is you can whiff around on those little scooters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you like them. Um, and we don't have those here for, for yeah. a good reason. I, I mean, I'm um, saying, I've said it before, um, but I'll say it publicly. I think we should pedestrianise the centre of Sydney and just put those scooters, little electric scooters everywhere. That would be a, a good idea. Um, but, yeah, so the, the NOS is, like, my favourite part of Sydney. And being able to just kind of walk anywhere realistically um, is one thing that I do enjoy. And because I like to run, um, if I can walk there, chances are I can run there. And so, it, you know, just being able to have multiple different routes to run um, and, you know, going here to go for a nice run, going there for a nice run, um, it really helps to the lifestyle that I guess I like to live, um, where is that kind of active um you know, getting fresh air, lifestyle, and, um, I mean, even during COVID, it's a bit hard to, uh, be motivated to get out of the house a lot more, uh, when I do, I do appreciate, you know, I immediately feel my mood switch when I just go out for a walk, even if it's just to get some food. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, certain, certainly parts of, uh, areas that I've lived in the past in the UK did not give you that feeling when you walked outside, it was almost more depressing. <laughs> so yeah, it, I think living somewhere like that is great um, but yeah I think that's probably my favourite part I'm trying to think if anything else sticks out but I'm sure uh, we can get to that later I've been looking forward to the next episode we haven't we'd only planned 10 um, so we don't we don't really have anything planned from, from here on in I know we mentioned we're going to try and get some people, some people in yeah. um, so if there's anyone out there that's keen to share their story um i mean even if you're not keen i'm probably going to hit you up with a message on facebook like hey it might be easier to get people this? that are keen to yeah no with. i'm just kidding I'm <laughs> so kidding. if you are you know if you maybe learned some lessons or if you've got some funny stories or you know say some some harsh realities from your uh, move abroad then uh, you know, we'd love to share it on the on the podcast with other people and yeah i think um even like for people who don't live in Australia, like we can do the whole Skype or Zoom. Thing I think even if someone is in Australia, we'd probably have to do it that way at the moment. Yeah, yeah. to be on the, to be COVID safe. Um, so yeah, so we can do that through um, you know, um, Skype and Zoom and everything here. Uh, so yeah, get in touch with us. Um, and likewise, if uh, if you were, there was a question you were waiting for us to answer today and we didn't get to it, um, you know, send them in again. You send it. Expatstateofmind at gmail uh, or you can get us at Expat State of Mind on Instagram, and you can search Expat State of Mind on Facebook as well. Everything. Um, get us on all the channels. Uh, please do remember to like and subscribe as well if you're enjoying it. Leave us a comment. Um, give us yeah, five stars. Give us five stars. Give us a good rating. And um, tell yeah. your friends. That's it. Share. Share spread it. the word. Spread the word. Uh, so yeah, until uh, until next time, um, we will um, we'll speak to you then. I've been Tom. Thank, Thank you. you and goodbye. Thanks for listening to Expat State of Mind. And don't forget, if you enjoyed the show, please like, comment and subscribe. And until next time, look after yourselves.